Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife. But most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about, well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire, and entertain you. Now, let's talk. All right, guys, really quick before we get started today, I wanted to mention this episode of We Gotta Talk is brought to you by an amazing partner, Romer Skincare, a brand I'm using and loving. It is simple, clean skincare that does more with less. Now, you know I'm all about simplifying my life lately. We did a whole week on living with less a few weeks back, and that's what exactly Romer is about, effective and simple. Their products are formulated without anything nasty, no parabens, no phthalates, no sulfates or formaldehydes, and they're packed with ingredients that nurture your skin. Now, let me run through a couple of favorites of mine. The cleanser has Manuka honey in it. It is absolutely dreamy to use, comes into a nice frothing cleanser and leaves my skin feeling super hydrated after. Also the treat mask, something you guys have to try if you use this line. This is something I brought with me on my recent trip to Colorado, traveling from Florida, ultra humidity to Colorado where it was dry and my skin was screaming, this saved the day. This is like a thicker overnight moisturizer that you can also use during the daytime if you live in a cooler climate and you need that extra moisture. It has niacinamide, prickly pear seed oil and squalane as well as a ton of other great ingredients. And the amazing thing is Romer is giving you guys 15% off. So go to their website, romerskincare.com. Use the promo code, we gotta talk 15, for 15% off of your order. Try those two products. I promise you will not be disappointed. Again, that's Romer Skincare, R-O-M-E-R, skincare.com, and use the promo code, we gotta talk 15. All right, guys. This episode, oh my gosh, this episode. So when uh, producer Rachel and I were discussing how to talk about some health trends that we've been seeing like all over social and the internet lately, we thought, we need to do as many of these as we can. So today's episode is called Health Trends, the Good, the Bad, and the Crazy. And we have an expert on who's going to kind of do a little bit of a rapid fire with us because there's so much crazy shit out there when it comes to health trends. We have Dr. James Simmons coming on in a few minutes. He is a board certified nurse practitioner and the creator of Ask the NP, everything you're too scared to ask your MD because <laughs> that is the greatest tagline ever, by the way, but because we don't want to go to our doctor with weird questions all the time. So we, you know, I don't know. There's just the level of discomfort there sometimes. So James is going to be on in a few minutes and we will be diving into everything health trend related, um, juice cleanses, yoni eggs, green tea diet, sauna, infrared, like literally everything you guys sent, we put it in a list and we're gonna be going through every single one with James. So stick around for that. But first we like to bring in producer Rachel. If you wanna get right to James, you guys can fast forward a couple of minutes, but we like to BS a little bit, right Rachel? Yes. Rachel guys is in the middle of a cross country road trip. So last week when we tuned in, she was in, was it Texas last week? And now I you're where? Been, I, or I, I think don't even I remember. I might've been in New Mexico. I've, it I've was New Mexico. Far, guys. I've made it far. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, so. <laughs> yes. Tell oh, everybody yeah. you're you're going west coast to east coast. Yes. And you're you're like ready for east coast living again after doing LA. Yeah, yeah. I need to change it up. I need to check out other markets. 
change of scenery. You know, when you when you make a change, when you take a big action, it brings you know other action to get you out of your routine, which is a topic coming up <clears throat> uh, in a later week on We Gotta Talk. But uh, you know, when you change something big, it creates that momentum to break you out of your routine and, and mm. bring in new opportunities and different ways of thinking and different things to pursue. And don't worry, though, I will still be here. I am not leaving you. Producer Rachel is going to be with Sunny for the long the long haul forever. We are I was like, like, set up your wife, mobile Wi-Fi, whatever you have to do, you better be there on Wednesday. Just kidding. You're amazing. Um, no. Yeah, it's been so, crazy. So are there, are there are there any health trends, Rachel, that you personally have seen somewhere that you were curious about or what? Because I know I have a couple to ask James today, but is there anything on your mind that we should add to the list? Health trends. No, I, I don't do that. Like, I don't do that. I'm just like. <laughs> You're not trendy when it comes to your health. You're a classics kind of gal. <laughs> I'm a classics kind of gal. You know what I did try was like CBD supplements, actually, that yeah. you recommended. You're my like go-to person for anything that I think both beauty and health products. Um, I did do, you know what, it would be interesting, the collagen supplements for coffee, like the powder, cause I did try a lot of that and like didn't really notice a difference, but like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for because there's so many other factors that go into like hair loss and nail growth and stuff like that, so. Oh yeah, like a pandemic that fucking stresses you out for a whole year straight. Oh my God, my hair yeah, is falling out. Oh, blame COVID. Um, okay, well, we'll bring you back on the end yeah, of the interview. Let's get to James. I'm so not interesting. Yeah. He's like the best. I love James. James is, Oh, I just hope you all um, enjoy him and ask him all of your questions if you were watching live. Yes. Um, or oh my even gosh. if you're not and you're listening to the podcast later, DM him. He like puts out amazing videos on all kinds of topics. So I'm going to leave and let you two take over. Love you, Rach. See you on the back end here. All right, let's bring in Dr. James Simmons. As I mentioned, he is the creator of Ask the NP. He practices hospital-based critical care. He's been a health expert for over a decade. He's an on-air contributor at all kinds of places. So James, thank you so, so much. Do me a favor, babe, and hit your unmute button because I think you are still muted. There I mean, we go. Thanks, Sunny. After a year of us <laughs> having to like, hit the mute button that I would have figured this out already. Oh, You're good. You're amazing. How are you, James? I'm good. You know, uh, I'm better. There were, you know, the the pandemic, and I know we're not really going to talk a lot of pandemic stuff today, but the pandemic was pretty wild for us here in Southern California for, you know, December, January. Numbers are way better now, though. So I actually feel like I'm a little bit back to being a normal human being, at least a normal right. human being in lockdown anyway. You know, we were chatting before the show started, and it's a little bit of a tale of two states here. I'm in Florida, you're in California, and we have had our state leaders have chosen sort of diametrically opposed reactions and things to do when, when the pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. we kind of ended up in the same place. And I, I, I'm my heart goes out to you because the mental burden of being locked down for so much longer than we were here has to be very trying, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it really was trying. And there's, you know, I think history will look back on this years from now in terms of who got it right. You know, uh, uh, did DeSantis in Florida, sort of his approach versus Newsom's approach. And I think it's important for people to remember that Florida is not California. You know, the states are different, just like we're not Texas, just like we're not New Hampshire or Nebraska. Like, you know, you got to handle things a little bit differently. I think we it's too early to tell 
you know, whether the, the more extreme lockdowns here, you know, I have to imagine as a scientist, as a medical professional, that they worked to some degree and kept us from getting even worse than we did. So ultimately, at least now with the data that we have, I'm in favor of what happened and the slow progression back to normal that we're doing here, just because I've seen so much of it on the front lines, I've seen how awful this disease is. And, you know, it really has impacted me pretty intensely, not only what I do for a living, but uh, you know, just personally, like you can, you know, you can only see so many people die so often before you're like, this thing is real. I don't care what anybody says. And, oh, you yeah. know, we gotta, we gotta treat it that way. So the good news though, is that like numbers are down. I don't think it's, you know, some states are opening really fast. I don't think that's a great idea, but so many more people are getting vaccinated and Joe Biden's announcement yesterday about everyone's gonna have a vaccine by May. Like, I was like- You get a vaccine and you get a vaccine. <laughs> he, pulled, he did pull an Oprah, didn't he? It's like, you get a vaccine, you get a vaccine. I, I was like, yes, I'm like running through the streets, screaming, shouting, telling everyone like, this is amazing. It is amazing. Can you imagine just the booze fest that's going to break out once quarantine is officially? I mean, like people will be naked in the streets, trash, and police are just going to be like, you know what? We are dead. All right. They're I mean, like, it's fine. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Breaking <laughs> free. Like every, everyone's going to be like New Orleans uh, during <sighs> or jazz fest or something. Like, I'm just drink in the streets. Sure. Do what you need to do. Like, have fun. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. All right. So James, one sort of, I guess, um, digital side effect of us having spent so much more time inside is that we were all face to screens, scrolling and doing this like a thousand times more than normal last year. And we always see weird health trends or interesting and different things that people are doing online. But there has just been an explosion of really interesting things that people have been telling us to try lately. So we agreed to do a little like rapid fire here, but like, should we just dive right into the list? Or you know what, let, let me just start by asking this sort of generic question. Okay. Do you, how often when you are looking at your phone and seeing all these maybe health accounts that you follow, are you rolling your eyes to the back of your head about like, <laughs> what is this? Like what? So that is a, that is a fantastic question, Sunny, because I, I, I try not to be that way. So like for people watching or listening, I. I really think that so many of these things, whether they're fad, whether there's some science to them, or you know, whether they're completely scientific and they work or they're great, everyone's just trying to improve their health, right? Everyone wants to feel better. Everyone wants to, you know, we're an aesthetic society, unfortunately. So lots of people want to look better or look a particular way, but ultimately everyone's getting down to their health. I don't care who you are, where you live, your political affiliation, what's going on in your life. You generally want to be healthier. So that's where these fads come from. So I sort of like to think about this as people aren't latching onto these fads because people are dumb or because they're they they have bad intentions it's because everyone has good intentions they want to get better so i definitely and throughout this conversation i'm going to poo poo a lot of stuff but i'm also <laughs> surprisingly uh endorse a few things that you might be surprised about ultimately though i think it's important that everyone really understand that like i'm coming from this and i think most medical providers are coming at this from a place of like we we want to help you also be healthier and Western medicine doesn't know everything. So some of these things that I might not be able to prescribe for you might actually still be pretty good and you might wanna try them out. That being said, there's a particular individual and a particular website that I often 
roll my eyes at. And <laughs> one of those is coming up, I'm sure. I know who she is. We will not have you trash our platinum goddess, James. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I get in so much trouble all the time. And I know, you know what, serendipitously, the universe, I'm going to meet her someday for like no, like at, at Whole Foods. I'm just going to run into her and I'm going to be like, I don't love that you dispense a lot of medical advice, but. Yeah, I mean, okay, let, let's let's touch on that too. We're not going to name any names here, but there are a lot of, um, oh gosh, I guess you could call them lifestyle experts, wellness experts, and people that have accredit accreditations that are maybe in subsets of the health world, dietitian, nutritionist, um, I don't know, hypnotherapy expert. And when we see those titles on the ends of people's names, we sort of tend to believe what they're saying a little bit more, or they're contributors to big websites like you're referencing. And we see a few titles, maybe not MD, and people are a little more apt to believe what they say. Um, is there some truth to the fact that these people are, because they're practicing this specific subset of whatever it is that they maybe they do have a little insight into that specific area of medicine whereas a general md might not you know know too much about pelvic floor health in general because usually he's in the er and you know practicing sort of trauma care or something absolutely i think just because you have a particular set of, of uh, letters behind your name notably RN or DO or MD or PA or even NP doesn't necessarily mean you know everything about everything. Um, and anyone who tells you that they do know everything about everything is lying to you. So that is really important to remember. I think it's also really important to remember that people who are registered dietitians, physical therapists, occupational therapists, people who have sort of these other specialties are amazing at what they do. Pharmacists, I think, are the most underutilized professionals here in the United States. And pharmacists are doctorally trained, by the way. So when you go to CVS or wherever you go to, you know, and you pick up your medication, that is a doctor pharmacist. Like they have so much training and they know so much about how things work in the body, not just medications that I can prescribe, but other things like some of the stuff we're going to talk about here. And they are amazing, amazing resources that we underutilize. So sometimes when you read on certain websites that a registered dietitian is saying this, she is actually bringing a pretty good amount of of, of education and experience. So we definitely should not discount that. And I really caution people just because someone has MD behind their name doesn't mean that they're right or that they know more than some of these other individuals. Tell us lay people the difference between an, what is an NP and how the different differentiates from a physician assistant or an RN or something like that. Sure. So nurse practitioners, which is what I am. So I am Dr. James Simmons, nurse practitioner. It's super confusing to some people, but then once they hear it, they're fine. So I am doctorally prepared. So I did research. I got my, my doctorate of nursing practice at UCLA. I am a nurse practitioner, which means I'm a nurse. So I'm an RN, but I have a whole lot more training uh, to do critical care medicine, essentially, is what I do. So essentially what I do is what you think of a doctor doing in the hospital. Um, I practice fairly autonomy, uh, autonomously. Some There's about 26 states right now that allow completely autonomous practice for nurse practitioners, meaning they can have their own practice, see their own patients without a collaborative relationship with a physician. Here in California, I still have to collaborate with the physician. Um, and that, that's great. I, I love to practice that way. It's completely fine. Though nurse practitioners do have the training and education and skills and abilities to be able to practice on their own in a lot of different environments. Not all environments, but a lot of different environments. So physicians do their thing. Nurse practitioners, we do our thing. Physician assistants are very similar to nurse practitioners. Nurses, we all work together, though. I think the important thing to know is that 
in most situations, this is not an adversarial relationship. Like mm -hmm. the physician, the nurse practitioner, the nurse, the uh, occupational therapist, everyone has a role to play in delivering the best care to the patient, whether that's like in the hospital or like here on a live webcast or a podcast. Yeah, dude, I mean, nurses, uh, I bow down. They were the guardian angels of my delivery of all my three babies. I mean, like, I was like, we don't need the doctor, just stay here. That's all I need, sister, it's just you. Because I, you know, I had women helping well, me deliver and they were there angels, are a lot they of really there are a lot of nurses that become midwives and and are able because of their training and experience and their this thing that nurses have you know we're really good at treating like the whole patient right yeah. and and so physicians are really good at doing the things that they do and in collaboration with the nurse who's kind of skilled at treating the whole patient your experience is not um necessarily unique and that you feel a little bit more of an attachment with the nurses you feel a little safer with the nurses because they're treating all of you and your entire experience and it's it's great i'm glad to hear you had an awesome experience with the nurses amazing amazing okay we're gonna dive into health trends and we're gonna lead off with a big big one that we got a lot of questions on i have a version of this here and we're gonna try uh -huh. to not name names but this falls under the category of things we stick in our hoo-hahs. This, you can, <laughs> if you're not <laughs> listening, well, you don't, James, but women are told to. Okay, so what I have right here is, um, it's a weight. This thing, I don't know how many pounds it is. It can't be more than a pound. But all of these pelvic floor training devices, which I think is what our first question was about, a yoni egg. It would be different from this guy, which is something that, like I said, now this this weight doesn't go in your vagina. This, it goes on a string, right? And the string has a little anchor piece that goes, that's what's in your body. And then the this is external. So what is up with these things that we are putting into our bodies, James? Whoa. Are they a trend or are they real? Oh, uh, there's such a trend. Okay. So all wait, these, wait, James, look at the one on the top right. Natural dragon septarian geode. God um, help you if you're sticking uh, that into your that is not <laughs> don't not put Russ, seriously, don't put natural dragon anything or anything <laughs> frankly that large, I guess. Um that's a whole other type of conversation. Uh, so listen, these things are hysterical. Um, pelvic floor training is really, really, really important and really valuable, particularly for individuals who have had delivered children, right? So if you have had a child, pelvic floor training is amazing. That's ultimately what they're trying to get to with these weights and jade eggs and all of these things that you should not be sticking inside of you. But, but you can and should work on Kegels, work on pelvic floor training. And there are actually physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor training who can give you some exercises and some things to do that are safer than buying an egg online that can improve your pelvic floor, which improves your sex life and helps you not pee when you laugh and all of those things that happen when your pelvic floor gets too loose. That's what I hear is that people are saying their sex lives are like a thousand times better. And, and this is just word of mouth kind of things after I haven't used mine yet, but now I really want to. Um, but you're saying not not worth it. Why? Because we're afraid something will like. Like it, get loose and like well, not come back out. <laughs> you said loose, actually, and that that's a little bit of it. So 
interestingly, the thought process is like, if you take a jade egg, right? And you put a jade egg inside of your vagina, the fact that you're trying so hard to keep that in so that it doesn't fall out is training those muscles, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the jade eggs there. So you're imagine putting one of those in, there's you know a string attached to it so that you can get it back out. And you're squeezing to you know train your muscles. There are other ways that you can train your muscles that are a lot safer. I'm not a fan of putting, you know, tampons is sort of a different conversation, but I'm not really a fan of putting like something like this that's got porous surfaces in it where bacteria can live inside and then get inside of you. I'm not a fan of putting that inside of you. And it can actually work in the opposite way. It can actually sort of stretch your pelvic floor more rather than strengthening it. So there are ways to strengthen your pelvic floor, uh, particularly if you are a person who can orgasm from penetrative sex, pelvic floor training is very, very, very good for you because it can make that, that part of your sex life so much more intense and so much better. So I'm a big fan of pelvic floor training. I'm a big fan of like, let's talk about this openly, right? Like let's talk about like, women you know, never wanna talk about like, oh, I pee a little bit when I laugh or when I sneeze and I'm only like 34. Yeah, it's super normal. We can fix it. Just don't fix it with a jade egg. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And I did do an episode a while back with a pelvic floor therapist. This is someone that should be like, you should be going to a specialist, right? Like someone who could, cause I'm hearing, I know a girl who, who did this, a friend of mine and she said, Oh my God, you would not believe the Kegel or Kegel that we were taught to do. It's like so much more than that. It's like, you're, yeah. we were told just to like clench. And she's like, it's actually kind of like you clench your butt and you clench a little higher. And I'm like, Oh my God, why did mm -hmm. nobody tell us how to really do it? So the point being, yeah. we should go to a person specialized in those exercises. And that specialist should, it, it, don't be scared of that person. Like literally if you just reach out to your primary care provider and you're like, all right, listen, yeah. I've had three kids, like this is going on, I need some public floor training. They're like, oh, I'll send you a referral. Boop. And then off you go. Like, it's not like this is some mysterious person right. hiding in a cave that's hard to find, you know? Right, perfect, perfect. Okay, we're gonna stay on the topic of um, vaginas for now. Yoni steaming, this is something that terrifies me. But tell us what it basically is, uh, yay or nay, and why yay or nay? <laughs> that is, if you're not watching, that was an actual pull down of the shade, like WTF face. This is right. a no-go, I'm taking it? Okay, so the thought process is, and there's lots of celebrities who swear by this. Um, there's even a celebrity that I really like that swears by this, um, but that, I choose to ignore that. So this is, a, you kind of sit down over a steaming hot, bath of um, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Herbs and things that are really, really, really hot. You, If you have a vagina, you sit over this thing and it steams your vagina. The thought process <laughs> that all of those herbs and yummy goodness in this cocktail that they put together steam and, and can help like flush your vagina and balance your pH and give it nutrients that it needs and things like that. That is a load of hogwash, unfortunately. And it can be really, really dangerous. So there are quite a few uh, reports of people burning. So imagine your oh. bare labia, your bare like clitor clitoris, your bare, if you have any sort of prolapse, just being exposed to something that is so hot that it's steaming. I now, mean, that's scary. Haven't our, kitty haven't our kitties been through enough? I've had three kids. I'm just like, listen, unless you have access to it, like, it's good. We're good for another 10 years. That that was actually the first thing that I thought of, though, is what if the temperature is, is hotter than we imagined? And then a burn in that area would be just. Mm. And listen, there's 
that area in particular is very, very sensitive to like sort of the, the lay way to speak about it is like the pH balance of your body, right? And some of the thought process behind steaming is to get that back to a normal pH. So I don't want to dismiss the fact that you might be sort of realizing, you know, I've got things going on in this entire area that just aren't working. I've maybe got an extra discharge. I've got maybe got it's painful during intercourse or maybe even just painful during peeing or all of these things above. I don't orgasm the way I used to. Like I, I can't even achieve climax. Like one side of my labia is harder than the other. Like there's all these different things that could be going on. And that doesn't mean that it should be ignored. But I, I really, really caution you, don't yeah. jump onto a fad like this to sort of try to fix that. It generally, believe it or not, the things that you are eating and drinking have the biggest impact on what's going on inside of you pretty much anywhere. So it almost does a disservice to like how our bodies work to think that mm -hmm. you can do something externally to like fix the pH balance of your like vagina. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a machine, right? It it uh, don't our whole reproductive areas like our vagina in particular it automatically pH balances if you don't mess with it too much. Yeah. That's what that's what I've been I've read before is like don't do the harsh soaps, don't do the steaming because you could actually do more damage. So that's what you're you're agreeing with. Absolutely. It's why we don't recommend, you know, uh, uh, routine douching anymore. You know, we used to say like, oh, you should do so, you know, after sex or like at the end of your period or all those things. We don't recommend that anymore. Your body is an amazing, amazing, amazing. I like the word you use machine, if that helps people visualize this. If we give it what it needs, like a car, if you give car oil, well, I have an electric car now, so maybe that's not a good car. <laughs> 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 you give car oil and gas and you take care of it and all of these things, it will last a long time because it's designed to do so. It's designed to clean itself out just like our bodies are. Love it. Okay. Next on the list is ear beads. What are they? Yay or nay and why? I mean, okay. So you stick these like things in your ear and they're supposed to provide like acupuncture puncture, pressure, pressure maybe in your ear. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, Inner ear acupressure equivalent to acupuncture on the outside. Okay. Uh, okay. No on this one. Though, I will say, I, I love the thought process towards there's so many things going on in our ears and, and inside there that really impact a lot of our health. So I, I love this. Thank you, Rachel, for pulling the, this up here. These like ear beads and how you do these things. So there's different types. There's like ear beads and then there's like the ear beading that goes on on the inside. There are um, crystallization, there are cysts, there's all these different things, buildup of earwax, all these things that can go on in your ear that can make your life miserable. Headaches, you can feel dizzy, you can get vertigo, all these different things. We don't really think about them a lot, but they really can happen in our ears. But again, I go back to, I'm not gonna poo-poo everything by the way, I promise, but what I go back to here is, like this is not necessarily the way that we want you to take care of your ears. If, so, if you feel like there's something going on, um, particularly with the anything that's going inside of your ear. That being said, some of the images that, that we were just showing this outside of your ear, there's no harm if someone's doing some pressure on your ear, if someone's put, if you're putting beads there, if they make you feel better on the outside of your ear, go for it. There's very little scientific evidence that this works, but there's also really not much danger in doing it either. So if you like it, I say do it. 
Awesome. Okay. By the way, guys, just a reminder, if you're watching live, please drop your questions. We have a whole list to get through. We're going to try to power through. Um, so Missy, thank you for your question. I will get to that when we get through the list here. All right, James, let, or Dr. James, let's stay on the topic oh. of ears. Earwax candling is something that I've done before. Did it work? I don't know, but I pulled this cone out and there's a bunch of shit inside. So uh, it looked like it did. Is this a yay or a nay? Uh, so this is a little bit controversial because for a long time we we used to do this. We sort of used to be like, this is how we're going to get earwax out of you the best way. The problem is when folks do it at home on their own, what ends up happening is that you, a lot of times you burn yourself, right? Because you got to so, stick that thing. Look yeah, at how, how is it working? Because if you're looking, guys, if you're watching now, you're seeing this video. But if you're not, it's like a, a cone that's made of this um burnable fabric that's not a word we're using it anyway you light the end of that on fire and the base is in your ear so is that i've always wondered this is that heat allegedly drawing out the wax or what are they saying is even happening yeah so there's like pressure changes right between when you heat something up so think back to like high school chemistry class when you're heating something up that pressure changes and it creates sort of a vacuum is the thought process is the theory behind this so then that vacuum starts to pull that earwax out along with the heating of the earwax makes it more pliable so that it can pull it out. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really work. Um, and I really recommend that people not do this because our ears are so sensitive, like I was just talking about, and it can really affect things like our balance and people get headaches from these things. And your, our ears actually do a lot. And what you don't wanna do is perforate an eardrum or burn the inside of your ear, or you know, it could per lead to a sort of like permanent hearing loss if you do this the wrong way. So at sticking anything on your ear that you're sticking in, there's my little light behind me, you're sticking in and then you're setting it on fire. Like, no, 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 not a fan of that at all. I am a fan of people sometimes have excess earwax. And there's some other things that we can do to get them out. Just don't use this burning your ear thing, not a fan. What can, what can we do at home to get it out? There are actually some really great products that you can get at like CVS or Walgreens that have just a little bit of a solution. It's essentially like a uh, like normal saline, like it's very, very, very gentle. Um, you put this solution in, you leave it there. I'm not a fan of people tipping their heads sideways for a long time and then letting things stay in there. You can build up bacteria pretty fast. But you put these these items in, you just leave it for a little while, and then you drain it out with like a little like a really soft like bulb. If that Ooh. works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you and you feel like, man, I have a, a big buildup of earwax, go talk to your primary care provider. There's some things they can, they can do in the clinic setting that are really safe and effective to get some of that earwax out. Don't, although we like it and it feels good, right? The Q-tips, ah, they feel so good. Don't, but don't use them. People, people, so many people get hurt with Q-tips in their ears. I, it's my favorite thing to do. I will get out of a shower and I'm just like this, uh, don't talk to me, I'm doing my ears. <laughs> Because that's almost a thing, right? It's almost like ASMR, right? When you get out of the shower and you're like, oh my God, this feels amazing. And then you accidentally go too deep. I mean, I know that everyone does it. So like, I'm a realist. So when you do it, be careful. I appreciate okay. it. I'm not recommending it. But when you do it, be careful. Duly noted. Okay, celery juice. If I see one more blogger talk about celery juice, maybe it's because I'm not a fan. Is this actually cleansing our systems? Is this a yay or nay? So... I'm gonna lean towards yay on this one in that it's healthy. It's healthy. We don't okay. have we don't have much research that it's actually like cleansing you and getting rid of all of these metals and toxins that it's sort of claimed to do. However, it's not bad for you. It really isn't. 
And if this is a way for you to get hydrated, you're like, I'm gonna do this celery every morning and I'm gonna be super hydrated. There's also some really good yummy vitamins, vitamins and minerals that are in celery if you actually like take in the pulp. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm a fan of it. It's great. It's got a little bit of sodium in it. I think about 215 milligrams of sodium. We need to be about around 2000 a day. So if you're pounding the celery juice, that sodium can kind of build up fairly quickly. But it's got some yummy, great stuff in it. There's really not a ton of harm in drinking it. So if it makes you feel good and you like it, do it. Is it completely detoxifying your liver? Is it changing your life? Is it sending you to Mars? Like, no, probably not. <laughs> it's also not really hurting anything. But I want to go to Mars, James. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> do you like um, that? my analogy for everything when people are like james dr james i want to try da -da -da -da. i'm like well it's not gonna get you to mars but you know, <laughs> i don't know why that is my thing but whatever we're gonna go with it i love it no that's very like um a day rigueur that's where that's the new the next frontier we're landing rovers there so i love it it's a very good analogy colonics is our next one i have been tempted to try these i have never done a colonic but again no people who swear by them and when i read it also always harken back to the early 2000s when we would read headlines about Giselle and all these models getting a colonic before their runway shows. And I was like, well, that's why they're so skinny. Um, yay, yay or nay, and why? I mean, if that, you know, I'm mildly obsessed with Naomi Campbell. I like always have them. So if I could be like skinny like Naomi Campbell from a colonics, I'd have been doing this years ago too. Like, <laughs> I love, I love Naomi. Um, yes, no, you're not gonna be a Victoria's Secret runway model from doing colonics. Don't, sorry, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to throw in my little plug for gut health is really important. Most people don't realize that there is a tie between our gut health and our immune health. There's a tie between our gut health and our neurologic health. Nobody thinks that these things go together. There is a tie. Well, the research is a little bit in its infancy, but we're starting to find out more that there may be a tie between our gut health and a lot of our emotional health. So like depression and anxiety, things like that. Our gut is amazing and we need to take care of it. The way to take care of it is not to stick a tube up your butt and have somebody flush <laughs> gallons of water in there so it comes back out. That it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Also, that's kind of dangerous. So one of the more dangerous things that I take care of in the hospital as a critical care uh, you know, provider is when people come in who are, that are bleeding, um, like from their rectum. That, I mean, that's very life-threatening. And so, yes, that area in there is quite pliable, right? Like, um, but sex, for instance, is completely fine. Your body can handle all of that, it's fine. But when you're flushing gallons of water back up the other direction, you can potentially perforate part, parts of your rectum, parts of your colon. That's really dangerous. You can bleed to death from that. So. While most places that do colonics um, are safe, there are even some physicians who will offer this. For some individuals in really rare circumstances, it may actually be beneficial for you if you have like particular disorders. But just for like the general public, like most of us, we don't really need it. We do need to take better care of our gut health, but that actually starts with what's going in up top, not what mm. you're putting in from the bottom. So that's a yay on butt sex and a nay on colonics like it can handle the one it can't handle the other <laughs> i mean you know i i've been gay since june 21st 1978 so i'm gonna always be yay for the butt sex but uh, you know, that's a that's a that, that's a completely different conversation but well, no i mean listen we're joking but i i do think you know people are thinking it it's a colonic it's something going up there and they're like well wait 
what if other things go up there? So fair question, right? I love that you brought that in there. Yes. Okay. Question. And, and just so we, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize in a colonic that you're flushing water up, I guess, obviously, where else would it go? What, what are they doing? So they're flushing it up and then pulling all that back out. Yeah. So the thought process is you've got all this literally crap up there <laughs> that you you flush the water up and then it like cleans it out and there's maybe okay. along with the water there's like some herbs and i want to say herbs and spices like i'm cooking but not herbs and spices but you know what i mean there's herbs and all yeah. these different things that you flush up it helps to clean out your your gi system your gut system and then the things that have been up there for maybe too long that's what people talk about oh i had yeah. stuff that's been stuck for 10 years and blah 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 it, nothing's stuck in your body for 10 years. That's an old wives tale. It doesn't work that way. But most of us have poor gut health. So most of us need to take a little bit better care about what we're putting in our bodies. And I'm kind of a fan of probiotics. So if you find a really good reputable probiotic, start taking it. It's not a magic pill. It's not gonna work right away. But particularly if you have gut issues, it may be an imbalance of flora. So I will say eat a lot more fruits and veggies uh, than you already are. Um, I don't really eat meat. So I'm a fan of like eliminating the meat from your diet and you will find a wild change in your bowel movements. Trust me, you will be very, very regular. Probiotic fruits and veggies will do the trick. You don't need a colonics. Wow. Okay, wait, wait, sidebar. Or maybe we, you could just email me this separate. I have been curious about trying to cut as much meat from our diets as possible. So is there a book we can start with or anything? And it doesn't have to be super detailed because this is a total, total sidebar. At the total sidebar, right. So there's a book called The China Study. Uh, uh, and it's actually a study about that. You can read that. There's also, I'm not a big fan of a lot of the vegetarian or vegan documentaries, but this one's pretty good. It's called Forks Over Knives. It's actually about 10 years old. You can find it on Netflix, Amazon, et cetera. Um, that's a good place to start. Forks Over okay. Knives. Got it. Got it. Okay. Next on the list is juice cleanses. Okay. So we kind of hit this with celery juice, but people are um, taking a bunch of produce and, and juicing it and then making that be their only sustenance for a period of anywhere from one to three to seven days. Yay or nay and why? I'm gonna go just just barely on the side of nay. Those those of you who are not watching, I'm holding my hands up and I'm leaning just a little bit to the left of the of the middle. Just barely nay, because here's why. Our body comes with and we were built with the most sophisticated detoxing device ever known to mankind, and that is our liver. It's unbelievable. We just don't treat it very well. So you're not really gonna detox much if you're throwing a bunch of things together in a juice and that you're drinking that juice all day long. Also, from a caloric standpoint, a lot of the things that are going into these juices end up being high calorie, high sugar anyway, and then you're just taxing your system. So you're not eating anything, and it might feel like I'm detoxing my body because I'm not eating solid food, but then you're putting all of this way too much sugar, way too much juice in your body. If you want to, Detox, it's a good idea. I think people should do it periodically. A couple things. Obviously, if you smoke, stop. Uh, although it's much harder said than done. I smoked for 10 years, um, so I get it. But if you smoke, stop. If you drink alcohol, stop. Uh, like I said, I'm a fan of eliminating meat, even if just for a week. Try to do as many like kind of raw fruits and veggies as you can, but eat them. Eat as clean as possible. Even try to avoid like caffeine if you can, especially dairy products. So if you want to do that for a week, really clean eating, vegetables, fruit, maybe a little tiny bit of lean meat if you're a meat eater. 
just do that for a week your liver will thank you. It won't have to worry about the coffee and the dairy and the alcohol and all these, and the flaming hot Cheetos that I have in my cupboard. Like give your body a break and your liver will detox itself, I promise you. Okay, perfect. Next is LED light masks. Um, these are those like Darth Vader looking things that emit um, different colored lights that are supposed to help us with anti-aging. They terrify small children. That's uh -huh. all I know, but do they work, James? They terrify me too. They look crazy, don't they? But they, they actually probably kind of work. This is one of those I'm gonna go yay on with wow. the right mask. So unfortunately, these are not being regulated at this point. And I'm not necessarily a fan that we, the FDA has to regulate everything. Like I'm not that guy. But not all LD ma LED masks are the same. That's what I'm trying to say. So if you get a really high quality LED mask, it can actually work and there are some that are approved in certain circumstances for people with certain skin disorders. So I'm actually a fan of these. The research on LED lights is pretty new still, but it's really, really, really promising. So uh, if you have burns or like a really, you know, kind of uh, like open sores skin issue, don't use this. But I think if you're someone who's just like, I wanna work on my acne, I've got a little rosacea, something like that, I say give it a whirl. Okay, do we need to protect our eyes when we wear them? I'm concerned about like going blind if I use this every night for three years. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll see the ones on the screen for those of you who are watching have um, eye cutouts. That doesn't mean that you should leave your eyes unprotected and that the cutouts are enough. You should. Most of them actually come with little jobbers that you can put over your eyes. Yeah, it can be really dangerous to your eyes. Also, more is not better with these LED lights. So if it says use this LED light for three minutes, you know, three times a week to start for six weeks, do that. Don't overdo it thinking you're gonna get your skin clearer faster. It doesn't work that way. That the time prescription for the time of these that you should have this on your face is there for a reason. So follow those directions. Got it. Okay, next we have charcoal pills, which people purport can help them again detoxify using air quotes if you're not watching. Even people who have a hard night after they drink a ton say that it helps them sober up and feel better. Charcoal pills, yay, nay, and why? Uh, it doesn't, it's hard to say yay or nay. It's not really gonna hurt you to take charcoal pills. So uh, again, if you, even if this is a psychological thing, if it helps you feel better, go for it. It's not gonna hurt you as long as you do, don't do it like every day. Um, it doesn't really work that way. Although we have used activated charcoal in the past for people who have maybe had like overdosing of, of like poisons in their stomach and we've used activated charcoal. We don't really use it as much. It's kind of fallen out of favor because we just know it doesn't really work as well. Um, is, that, is that because if I could hop in, is that because it's soaking up not just the bad stuff, but the good stuff too? And there's really, I've heard too, that depending on the permeability of our gut and the overall state of our gut health, that like, we don't even know what's really soaking in, right? So is, is that why? Because we just don't know in what direction it's going. Uh, and it, the concentrations of what you need that come in these pill forms aren't necessarily there. You know, you usually have to drink this uh, activated charcoal over time and uh, at sort of a rapid succession. It also doesn't, the thought, like the thinking that this is just like a sponge for your belly, it, it doesn't really work that way. It's not like you're swallowing a liquid sponge and then it just soaks up all the bad stuff and then you poop it out and then off you go. Like, eh, the scientifically, it doesn't really work that way. It also doesn't really harm you as long as you don't overuse it. Got it. Okay, powdered greens are next on the list. I'm a huge fan of a, of a powdered green that I use and love, but what do you think about these? I actually really like powdered greens. If there's a, a way that, 
because so much of so many of us don't get uh, enough fruits and veggies and things like that in our diets. So if you're someone who started kind of like maybe ready to transition out of eating, like, you know, we all gained weight in COVID, right? Like this was just a hot mess. So if you're trying to transition out of like bad eating habits, junk food, things like that, and you're like, well, let me start with something, throwing in a little powdered green supplement, I actually think is really good. Again, not all powdered green supplements are made the same though. So make sure you get a really good looking one. Like don't just get the one that Amazon recommends. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's medically good for you. Do a little bit of research about these grains and where they come from. The other thing with this is that it's hyper concentrated and you can overdo this really easily. So be sure Wait, you, you can, you can overdo greens. And is that bad? You can overdo greens in terms of a lot of GI upset. So if people oh. like any of these greens, yeah. Cause you're remember it's like a balance, right? So your gut is like, I love all this extra nutrients that I'm getting. Whoa, you haven't been giving me nutrients in nine months. And now all of a sudden you're doing like six green juice drinks a day. Like it's not gonna make you healthier faster. Just do one a day, like it says on the instructions. Use one spoonful, like it says on the instructions. Slowly build yourself up. And again, it shouldn't ultimately in the long run be a replacement for eating actual real food. Yeah, I'm gonna link guys in my show notes a powdered green that um I'm using and loving. It's like it has a little bit, I think it's sweetened with a natural derivative of some sort and it's good and it goes down easy and I do feel good when I take it. Um, okay. Detox teas. This was like the um the rage of the Instagram era of like 2010. Uh -huh. Yay or nay? I feel like I'm gonna know the answer to this, but go ahead. I'm a fan of tea in general. I love tea. I think it's a great replacement for coffee. It's a great, like if you're someone who's just like, I just need something a little bit more than water. Like I need a flavor or whatever, go ham on some teas. Uh, it doesn't detox your body that way though. It doesn't. And right. I've, I've personally, I won't say fallen for it, but I've personally done this one as well. I was like, oh, I'm gonna use a detox tea for a week and I'm gonna feel like amazing. And then I looked at the in ingredient list and I was like, oh my gosh, all this stuff in these ingredient lists is wild. So you don't really, these detox teas aren't gonna detox you in some sort of like Kardashian way where all of a sudden you're gonna have like a huge ass and a flat stomach. Like it doesn't work that way as much as we would like it to. But you can even see in the ingredients here and the teas that's on the screen for those of you that can see, um, these teas are not necessarily bad for you, except for the ones sometimes that have these extra um, uh, products in them that cause you to have go have too many bowel movements. Um, so be really, really careful if you're doing like a skinny tea or a detox tea. Sometimes it's just a tea with a powdered laxative in it, and then you're just going to shit your brains out. And then <laughs> it sounds like that scene from Dumb and Dumber. Like, no thanks. <laughs> we're good. Remember that? What did he make yes. in there? And like Harry was just like, oh, in the toilet. Oh my God. That's what I think exactly. of when I see those. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he is great. It, it's an amazing replacement. It can, it can be a really great way to hydrate you, which then hydrates your liver, which then will work to detox you because we're constantly detoxing our body anyway. But what you don't want to drink is a tea that's got a bunch of laxatives in it. So then you're dehydrating yourself because you're on the toilet all day long, shitting your brains out. Ooh, I'm quoting you on that. Okay, next up is waist trainers. These are the things that we use, elastic usually, something that cinches in. I personally use them after having babies, but only because it felt like a big hug. But the claims are that this can eventually help your silhouette in the long run, yay or nay? So unfortunately, if we look back way in the history of what we have required of women's bodies for a long time, we can see that if women who had to wear these corsets 
over time did have physiolo physiological changes in their bodies that were but unhealthy, right? Yeah, unhealthy, unhealthy, unhealthy. Okay, yes. Big middle finger to societal standards, by Absolutely. the way. So you can see, I mean, this picture that, that for those of you who are watching this picture that's up is a pretty dramatic example, but it does, it's moving your organs around into places where they're not supposed to be and then they don't function very well. Um, you know, it's this is a pretty extreme measure to try to contour your body in a particular way. Now, that being said, if something like this, that's maybe not a full on waist trainer, but it's something that's more of like a support for your, uh, you know, abdominal area in particular or your core area, that might be a little weak because we've all been sitting during COVID for a year, you've had babies, all of the above. If it makes you feel good, from a lumbar support core thing, I say get one of those. Don't get a waist trainer, but there are plenty of like these sort of neoprene belts that you can wear around your middle that might help when you're starting to exercise again, just to sort of remind you to stabilize your core and will actually sort of help you to, to trigger those muscles to turn on and you can rebuild them. But I, I am definitely, definitely not a fan of waist trainers because they can actually do internal harm to your organs. Yeah, that is that is not good. And speaking of um, what we do after having kids, lots of people are taking placenta pills, which is our next question. Um, mm -hmm. That is when we take the placenta, which is delivered after you have your child, it's like a big bloody pancake. Sorry to be gross, but that's what it looks like. Absolutely. And some people, they dry it out and they, they, they like grate it up in their little blender and they pop the pills. Yay or nay? Uh, the thought process behind this is great. It's because we think about like, oh, this thing has really gave all the nutrients to like create and nurture life, right? That's huge. You're like, how can there be something that does not have, like that has to be the most nutriently dense, like amazing thing ever, right? The problem is the handling of this. So we don't have a lot of research behind what this does to a mom's body afterwards, right? But the other thing is there's bacteria there's all these different sorts of things that go along that viruses whatever that are in the placenta afterwards that then if you take that and if it's not handled well and you put it in pill form you're then taking those bacteria and viruses and you're sticking them back in your mouth and they can make you sick mm -hmm. um so that's where my really big issue with this comes from we also just i mean i am a western medicine pr practitioner so like i i'm a researched believer in the research we just don't have a lot of research on this Ultimately, over time, my guess is down the road, we might see that there might be some benefits. But for now, I think the risks outweigh the benefits of doing this. I don't recommend it. Okay. What about sauna and infrared treatment? And um, this has proliferated over the past few years. Areas or little uh, boutiques or whatever we can go to and sit in the sauna, sit in an infrared space for a while. Is this helping us? I finally get to say yes to something, Sunny. Oh, my gosh. I feel like <laughs> 45 minutes, I'd be like, no, don't do this. No, don't do this. No. I, I want everyone to like improve their health. I'm trying to improve my health in lots of different ways, like every single day. Uh, it's great. So saunas actually do have some research back um, uh, evidence that they can do things like reduce blood pressure, detoxify the skin. It's great. I love saunas. You just have to go about it in sort of baby steps, right? So you can't be like, I want to the only thing I'm gonna do for my blood pressure or my skin or my overall health is to go sit in a sauna for like three hours. Don't do that. Do a little mm -hmm. bit at a time. Keep taking your blood pressure medications if you are someone who's on them. But saunas can be great. Infrared is still a little bit shaky, right? We still don't know a ton about that. And this again, what one person who's delivering infrared to you over five minutes 
at their facility. It might be completely different if you drive a mile down the road and what they give you in terms of infrared over five minutes. These infrared blankets uh, that you get at home are gaining massive, massive popularity. The thought process is there, heating your body up, sweating things out. There's actually a physiological response that's very similar to having gone for a nice light jog for a while. That's actually true. So I love this thought process. I love it in a sauna. I'm not totally sold on the infrared though yet. I'm glad you addressed the blankets. I was gonna follow up with that. So the concern there is the dosage and the strength of it. So um, duly noted, I was gonna look into buying one, but maybe I just stick with the sauna for now. There is also just, I think it was, it was coming out either just did or it's about to come out, there's actually gonna be an FDA approved infrared sauna blanket. Like that's how close we are to this being awesome and sort of understanding like what the doses it, dosages should be. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get a blanket, just wait for a good one to come out. Got it, okay. Uh, the green tea diet was the wording of this question. Um, I guess that means using drinking a lot of um, green tea and the EGCG compound, that's, is it EGCG that's in there? Yeah, very good, yeah. Uh, too much caffeine is my only thing when I love green tea is great, but when you're just like pounding the green tea all day long, your caffeine content, it goes up. And then people are like, I can't sleep, which is actually the number one cure for like everything, by the way, like good sleep is really should be our focus for pretty much all of our health. Um, so I love green tea, drink a few cups a day, but if you're just like pounding gallons of the green tea in an effort to like get skinny or lose weight or clean your colon or whatever, that's not what it's designed for. Get a little balance behind this. A little bit of green tea every day is great. Our question that popped in live from Missy kind of is a derivative of that question. She said, what's your input on apple cider apple cider vinegar with green, oh, green coffee tablets? Is that healthy to take? I've never heard of that. That's so I've never heard of green coffee tablets as well. Um, so I'm sorry that I can't say that specifically. I actually like apple cider vinegar. Um, in the, uh, you gotta be a little bit careful because sometimes it comes in this like raw form that you need to make sure it's at least been processed enough to take some of the dangerous bacteria out. But apple cider vinegar in and of itself, um, works well. The pills are a little bit questionable because we don't know how they're processed. And again, you can go on Amazon and there's like thousands of different apple cider vinegar pills and they all have sort of different ingredients in them. It's not well regulated, but just plain old pure apple cider vinegar, if you want to take it. Um, like as a really god awful spoonful every morning. I can't handle it. It tastes horrible, but it can help regulate your gut health really well. I am so weird. I love it. Do you know I crave, James? I crave red wine vinegar. I used to, and apple cider. I used to drink it. Is that weird? That's weird. No, no, I think, I think it's great. I mean, it's just, it's all about your palate, right? Like you, your palate can feel that. Oh no, mine, it makes, it makes me gag. Oh my God. It's like, um, I, even now I'm thinking about red wine vinegar, my mouth is just salivating. It's the Italian in me. Um, okay. One final question. This is more all encompassing of the diet and lifestyle, but the no carb slash low carb diet and lifestyle, are you a proponent of this and why? Oh Lord. So controversial, right? This is a lifestyle that I actually lived for a really, really long time. And when I was in my thirties and I was crossfitting and I was working out really, really hard, um, I loved it. I thought it was great. There are some some pretty good research in terms of if you have particular health problems, a keto style of lifestyle can actually be good for you when done in the right way. The problem is no one does keto the right way. Everyone thinks I'm going to have a, a 14 ounce ribeye with seven pieces of bacon and I'm keto. No. <laughs> 
that, that's not keto. It's way, way, way too much protein. So if you're someone who's doing keto, you need to be really, really careful about your ratios. So what percentage of your calories are coming in from fat, proteins, carbs, and sugar? You got to track that. And you will be surprised, very surprised, that you literally can have very little meat on keto. Um, so low carb in general, it, it has been shown to help people lose weight faster than some other um, I hate the word diets, but modifications of your eating in order to lose weight. Um, so if that's a goal for you, you can do that. It's hard to sustain. Um, it's pretty tough on your gut over time. It also just in the way that our kind of food system works here, it's hard to sustain. I stopped eating meat. Um, I have found that I've had sort of a slow trickle of weight loss, but overall I just feel a lot better. My skin cleared up. My gut health is like out of control. Amazing. Weird stuff like my knees stopped hurting, um, things like that. So I actually have gone the other direction in terms of I eat kind of a lot of carbs. I just make sure they're really clean carbs mm -hmm. um, and my body really likes it. So final, final question. Then we're going to bring Rachel, Ray, producer Rachel back on. What is a clean carb? Like what, what is good? So a good way to think about it is like potato chips, for instance. So a just a raw natural potato versus the processing of a potato chip, right? They're both carbs. A clean carb is preferably a sweet potato. That sweet potato or yam that you're eating that's like straight from the ground, hopefully organic, not a ton of pesticides on it, like you're just eating that potato. Versus if someone took that potato, put it into slices, processed it, added a bunch of salt, some maybe additional oils, fried it, put it in a bag and then you eat it. Well, yeah, they're both carbs, but the clean one is that just real raw natural potato. Got it. Okay. All right. Let's bring back on producer Rachel because um, <laughs> I want to start to wrap things up and my God, I feel like I could yeah. talk to you. I, I could just have an endless list of questions for you. Rachel, is there anything yeah. you wanted to ask before we go or any aha moments for you besides yeah. you're throwing all of your yoni eggs away? Well, I don't have any yoni eggs, but I won't be buying them. So <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to joke. I'm going to do, I'm going to research how to do a proper Kegel. I think that's much better. Um, <laughs> um, I do, I forgot I take apple cider vinegar in the morning on an empty stomach with, with water. I have to dilute it. And it, I do have a lot of um, bowel related struggles that I think based on what James said has a lot to do with stress and anxiety because I have a lot of stress and anxiety. So I think those two are connected. So I try to help with the other things. What I wanted to ask you was, uh, like anybody cares about my fucking medical history and bowel movements, I just shared on here. But anyway, <laughs> this is what we do. We keep it real, right? <laughs> yes, we got to talk, Rach. We, we got to talk. talk about everything. Oh, so it's okay to not have regular bowel movements, everybody. You are not alone. It, 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 wow. There are all kinds of things. Uh, the collagen, uh, powdered collagen for coffee, that's a big trend. Yay or nay, James? I don't think it's hurting anything to do it, to, to be completely honest. Again, so many of these things, it's really hard because so many of these things kind of in theory make a lot of sense, but we just haven't had the time to like research them. Um, so we do know that there are some collagen supplementations that you can take that actually will end up being really good for your skin. Um, so again, I think it's, you can go on Amazon and look at all these different collagen things that you can put in your coffee and they're gonna vary wildly. So try to do your research about the best one. I don't certainly don't think you're hurting anything when you put it in your coffee. I'm not sure it's going to be like a miracle cure for anything though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've also heard that people of women taking like prenatal vitamins just to get their hair and nails long. Obviously that's like probably not advised, right? 
I mean, so if we eat the way we're supposed to, we get all the vitamins and vitamins and minerals. That's actually something that I've noticed since I stopped eating meat. I, I have to cut my nails every like five days. It is wild because my consumption of fruits and veggies has gone up so much. And I didn't realize how much I was not eating before when I was just like, I'll just eat this entire package of 99% lean turkey breast, which I thought was like super healthy. Well, then all of a sudden I'm replacing it with like a big salad or whatever I'm eating for dinner. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my nails, I'm, I'm balding, right? I swear to God, I have some hair coming back. <gasps> it, is the, it is the wildest thing since I've cut meat out. So, you know, I Do what works for you, you right? Have like Sold on that, by the way. I, I've heard of this. There's this book a girl just mentioned, and James, I know you have a phone call, so literally give me two oh, minutes. Okay. There's this book. Okay, this is this is not yet vetted by me, but there's a book called Oh She Glows. It's like a cookbook, it's a vegetarian cookbook that my friend, a friend of a friend claims has completely like changed the way she can do vegetarian because it's tasty and it's good. And because that is the concern, like cutting that out will eliminate the part of your meal that makes you feel satiated. And you know, I'm, I'm gonna look into this. You have me totally convinced. It's it's amazing. I forgot there was another one, by the way, Sunny, uh, called uh, Game Changers. And I actually was produced by, um, well, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the governor. Um, but a, a few other athletes, I think Chris Paul, some other athletes, um, Tony Gonzalez uh, changed his career. He was 38 years old and he was one of the, he still is probably the best tight end that's ever played football. And then at 38, he went vegan and he was able to play for like four more years and his production actually went up. There's so many professional athletes who, and I'm not saying you need to go full on vegan yet, yet, but like so many athletes who have changed their diet to become vegan or vegetarian and they realize like how their body is sort of functioning the way that it's supposed to rather than us like forcing it to by like over-exercising, over-meat consumption, all of these different things. I spent a monkey load of money on skin products. And I'm now like, when I wake up, I, I have nothing on right now. And I that's was like- you, oh you're gosh, glowing. That's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, your skin is glowing. You have what what the what the kids call glass skin, James. Oh, uh, well, thank you, right. And I'm just gonna say it's from all it's from all that damn broccoli and whatever I eat. I mean, and I, I, don't get me wrong. I eat my French fries too now and then or whatever. But just the only thing is, my poor husband has to put up with my gas. I am the gasiest. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, it's worth it. You're gonna live ten more great, healthy years, James. Mm -hmm. He can handle a couple of toots in I, exchange for more of your presence on Earth. Yes. Thank you. If it were only a couple, go more. Than <laughs> Wait, real quick before Sunny wraps up with you. Do you believe in the like blood type food situation? Because like some people don't feel good eating just vegetarian and some people like, is that, is there truth to that? So there may actually be some truth to how our body processes what we put in it based on our blood type. That's still really, really early. There's actually, oh my, I just forgot the name of it, but there's an Indian practice of health that really, really focuses on your blood type versus if you're a cold person and you should- the do Your dosha? No, that's your calling. It's something else, but yes. Similar, yeah. I know if what you're, you're talking. A person or a cold person, those things. I mean, some people, have, human beings have been practicing this for thousands of years and having some really good health results from it. So I'm not gonna poo-poo that necessarily. But again, as a Western medicine practitioner, I'm like, well, we don't have the research on it, so. There you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, James, I'll let you guys you. wrap up. Yeah, thank you, Rach. And James, thank you so, so much. Your your candor, your wisdom, you are a gem. So thank you so, so much for coming on. And tell us quickly where to follow you. We've been having your um, Instagram handle up on the lower third, but tell us where we can track you down if we're listening on the podcast. 
that that's primarily the most. So at uh, it, I'm most active on Twitter and Instagram at Ask the NP. I also that I saw you put that up there. AskTheNP.org. She's getting a refresh. Coming. <laughs> you might go to the website. You might be like, what's wrong? But in a couple of weeks, I promise you, it's going to be new and exciting and wonderful. At Ask the NP all over social. I know we will be seeing you many, many places soon. Thank you. We are grateful for your time, Dr. James Simmons. Have a great day. You too, Sunny. Thank. Bye. Oh my gosh, I love him. I love everything about him, Rachel. Um, now I'm going to have to bother him every other week to come on. He was amazing. I know. I told you you would love James. He has yeah, this I mean, great way of explaining um, really medical things in a way that we can all understand, like the right. and in a humorous way, and and in a way that you'll remember what he said. You know. Yeah, and the best part about him and and anybody who practices or shares medical advice like he does is is like I said, the candor, the lack of um, pretense, the lack of like, oh, I know better than you. So I mean, it's just you, when you can connect with people who are advising you on your health, it makes you that much more apt to take the advice and ask the question because, you know, we don't want to have something and not feel comfortable asking about it to our to our medical practitioners. So he's awesome. I'm totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally and alive. talking to, you know, um, I was just staying on part of my road trip um, with my childhood friend since I was two in St. Louis and she's a doctor and hearing her talk about like the way the medical system works though and how their schedules, they have such little time to consult with patients like when they're in the hospitals and like if they're that kind of doctor and they gather all their information from other um, resident doctors and stuff like that because a medical professional can spit out all this medical jargon in in two minutes to 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 her, and she can process that. You know, they're saying like all these big words. She was like speaking in a foreign language when I was there. I was like, I literally don't know what you're saying, um, and they can digest that conversation so much quicker. And then when they go to see the patient they can deliver like, hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you this drug and it's gonna fix your problem. And like, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily get all the information and they don't have the time because they have 10 more patients they have to get to because then they have a surgery in the afternoon and like, that's just the way the system is set up. So right. it's really good to take the time for yourself to like ask your doctor questions, schedule a special appointment with your general practitioner or a nurse practitioner and address these issues and like get the help you guys need, so. Yeah, and you know, all of our shows here are aimed at informing you and hopefully there's a level of curiosity that some of this discussion sparks. And we always say, talk to your doctor who knows you, but, but the future of medicine, I genuinely believe, is not going to be patient directed in as much as it's gonna be us telling our doctors, hey, here's what I think is wrong, but patient directed in as much as we will have access to our doctors to share our, our symptoms and feelings more. And we will feel more empowered with the knowledge that we might already have based on other resources that we found to go to them and say, hey, what do you think? Could it be X, Y, Z rather than going in with just a symptom and hoping the doctor lands on it? So I really yeah. hope that you know, with the abundance of advice that's out there, although we can never take anything specifically for ourselves all the time, that it, it start, sparks that curiosity that we can then go in and ask our doctors, okay, mm -hmm. doc, what do you think? It, here's what's been going on. It's just, that's the key. You have to be proactive about your health. Right. It's so funny. We're having this conversation. My husband, Andrew, <laughs> had his physical today. You know, Andrew. Yeah. And um, hates a needle, right? Hates a needle. And every time he goes in, he's like, 
gets these glowing reports on his physicals, like knock on wood. And he today, just before we went on, he's like, I have to get blood work. And I'm like, oh my God, what is, he's like, no, no, it's just because I put it off for a year. Cause he oh. hates, he hates it so much. And he's like, it's all good. I'm healthy. And I'm like, dude, you've got to like, you've got to give your blood and like get your panels done. So, right. you know, tell Andrew, there's this really easy trick when you go to get your blood drawn, you tell the person, I'm terrified of needles. I need to look away and I just look away. That's what I do. <laughs> I just don't look at the needle and I don't look at them pulling the blood and I'm fine. It, I am so. Or is it I'm, like a deeper fear? It's like it's some kind of like. No, it's just the needle. Okay. It's just the needle, I think. I love it too. I'm like, oh, how many are you taking today? I like watch it fill off. Well, there's something wrong with me. I think I'm just like way too. No. way too into it but yeah so so go on no. be your best advocate um Rachel, yeah. thank you for setting this up yes of course i um i i have known james for a while we've connected in los angeles and um he's also from chicago so we like connected over chicago and we love the bears the football team and like well we don't love them right now because they're not doing great but um <clears throat> anyway that's another podcast. <laughs> but James is just um, the sweetest and the biggest heart and he's hilarious. And I love the work that he does and he's really helping people. Like he's giving so much information out um, on the internet in between like being a practicing nurse practitioner in a hospital, like working to save lives and stuff. So um, I so appreciate him and you guys should really give him a follow, but the other thing I was gonna say about like ask, being afraid to ask your doctor, obviously go ask the NP if you're too embarrassed to talk to your MD, but just based on my friend who is a doctor and obviously um, I can't speak totally for her, but the things they see, they've seen it all and it's not embarrassing and like literally that's their job and they don't think anything of it. Like it's not weird for them. Like they're literally trained to take care of your problems. So like nothing is embarrassing. They're not gonna laugh at you. And if they do, you should report them. <laughs> but um, you know, like they that's what they do and they're right. there for you. And no question is weird. They are trained to make you feel better. Like her whole purpose in life is to give you a better quality of life. So like really, that's really at the core of what doctors do. Their delivery might be off, but like they just want to make you feel better. Like James said, like they're advocates for helping you live healthier. So remember that um, when you have those moments of like true embarrassment come up about asking about something that you might be thinking is weird about your health. That's they it. have seen it before. That's so true. I'm they've seen it before and they've They've probably seen crazier. No, that's a good reminder. There's really nothing that, honestly, that's what this the, this show is trying to get at too, is there's so much that people are scared that they're alone in. They're scared that they're alone yeah. in a health situation, in a relationship situation, in a, you know, a question they have about a topic that they might feel is taboo. Like someone has thought it, someone has had it, someone has said it. So let's talk about it. Let's mm -hmm. get it out there. And if these experts and these people that we bring on can can give you that courage to, you know, make something a little less taboo. We mm -hmm. all grow when we talk. We all grow when we ask questions, and we're we're okay being a little vulnerable. So, you know, maybe if you guys had a question that you were too scared to ask face to face, we covered it today. And if not, um, ask James on Instagram. Rachel said he's very good about replying to DMs and um, 
you know, by all means, of course, ask, ask your own practitioner too, but um, we are all for the unfiltered life around here for exactly. sure. All right. Bye, Rach. Godspeed on your on your drive. We'll, we'll look forward to seeing where you are next week. You it's in. a surprise. It. It's like a surprise every week. Where's Rachel? Which is funny <laughs> because my brother, when I was younger, would always be like, "Where's Rachel?" Because like I was so I'm six years older than him. So about like was at one point in my life, I was like, I should do a, a show called "Where's Rachel?" and like. <laughs> But that's really just an inside story and it doesn't translate to a brand. So anyway, we'll be safe. Okay. See on on the, the open road. Okay. See you in another state. See you soon. Oh, guys. Thank you so much for watching. That was a long one. One hour, 11 minutes and 43 seconds. Um, I'm grateful to James. I'm grateful for you for tuning in. Um, listen, we love when you're watching live. I know if you're listening to this podcast, that's one thing. But if you have the chance to ever watch the videos, it's talk show, it's a vibe. We're here showing you all the things, showing you all the pictures and dia diagrams and things that relate to what we're chatting about. So try to pop on once in a while. Um, Facebook.com slash we gotta talk. And as always, this is me sitting here pleading with you to leave a review and a rating, especially on Apple and Spotify. That actually helps get the show out to people who might find it useful or helpful or entertaining in some way. So if you haven't done that, please do that. Also doing a special uh, March to 10K giveaway on Instagram. So I'm doing a bunch of giveaways, one weekly, each related to the topic that we're covering that week on We Gotta Talk. So make sure you follow along at Sunny Abata. It's S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A on Instagram and you can find all of the details right there on my grid. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. We will see you and talk with you next week. Bye.